Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. We are continuing our preseason run through every division in the NFL. We are breaking down every single team. What happened to them since last season ended? Additions, subtractions, projections, prospects. How does a 17-game season impact their season win totals? How does that impact their division title? How does that impact their opportunity to win the conference, the Super Bowl, etc.? All of it. Today's subject, the AFC East, fascinating division. I am going to be joined, as I always am, by my BFF, my compadre, my companion, Simon Hunter. Is that me? Is that time for me to go? It's time for you to go. Let's go. Why are you making an awkward pause? Uh, I was waiting for I thought you had more. You never know with you, Chad. You're you're a man of many words. I was waiting. Listen, when I start riffing, I don't even, honest to God, I don't know what I'm going to say when I start. I just go. (laughs) So how good of a weekend did you have, Chad? Tell everyone how good of a weekend Chad Nolan had. Let me, let me give you even a little bit more background. Last week uh, on Tuesday, I flew, my wife and I flew to San Francisco. We stayed there until uh, Friday. It was just a quick trip. But we spent uh, uh, Wednesday and Thursday and part of Friday with my uh, best friend in the world. His name is Matt Rosenberg, and he lives in Marin. And he's been mentioned on the show before. He's the guy that I used to bet uh, against every single weekend. And then two years ago, we bet every single game for the NFL. And we ended up winning quite a bit of money. We bet $50 on every game, no matter what we ended up winning quite a bit of money. Um, and so he and I grew up together in Chicago. His wife is from Boston. She's a huge Patriots fan. We're huge bears fans. He's got three kids, two older boys. The oldest boy is a bears fan. The middle boy is a Patriots fan. So of course, on Thursday afternoon, the Patriots had their first game. Mac Jones plays his middle son, who's 16, is going nuts about the Patriots, literally every single play. Like by halftime, we've all checked out. We're having drinks, like hanging out. And his son is still screaming about the rookie who's running the kickback all the way for the touchdown. Right. And we're like, what the fuck is going on? And his wife was like, Matt's wife was like, oh, the Patriots game is still on. We talked about Mac Jones the whole time. I'm ripping Mac Jones. He's terrible. No one should have taken him. He's coming back at me saying Mac Jones was brilliant. Look at the way he was calling plays at the line. He was changing things up. He was so accurate, whatever. I'm like, he's no Justin Fields. Saturday comes. It's one o'clock here in the East Coast. Got back to my house in Connecticut at 2 a.m. Saturday morning. Got up, going about my business, doing my thing. On the couch at one o'clock ready to watch the game. I watched every snap. Me and my younger son watched every snap of the Bears preseason game. My text to my buddy, Matt, as I was watching the game, Justin Fields will go down. Don't shake your head at me. Don't shake your head at me. Justin Fields will go down as the most consequential draft pick in my lifetime as a Bears fan. I'm 50 years old. The Bears in my lifetime have drafted six Hall of Famers, Walter Payton, Dan Hampton, Richard Dent, Jimbo Covert, Brian Urlacher, Mike Singletary. Justin Fields will matter more to this franchise than any of those players. I'm telling you right now. He was fucking 
brilliant. He was brilliant. He will like Sid Luckman, the Sid Luckman bobblehead that I am holding right now. He's shaking his head because he is so proud of the way Justin Fields played. Bear down. Chad, do you want the truth or you just want to live in your own little world? Well, to me, there is no separation. <laughs> um, I hate being that guy, but yeah, none of this matters. Of course, it looks great. I'm happy for all these rookie quarterbacks, but it's also irrelevant. I mean, Bears fans, of everyone should know how irrelevant this is. Literally, Mitch Trubisky took you guys to the playoffs back-to-back years, and he's gone. I'm a guy sitting here with Carson Wentz. Guy got us to the Super Bowl. Got us the number one seed in the playoffs. He's not on my team anymore. So it's one of these where I tried to shit on people, all the excitement, but of all these five quarterbacks, I would say the only one I saw that I'd be like, okay, they might actually have something here. Crazy to say, because I don't believe in the kid either, was Zach Wilson. He had a bunch of throws where I was like, okay, that's a legit NFL arm. Nothing against Fields. I love Fields too. But when he said things kind of slowed down out there for me, I was just like, oh, my God, please get this guy out of the league already. Uh, Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. He says things kind of slowed down out there for me. But all he's saying, all he's saying is that he got comfortable. It the pace sort of came back to normal. He got the jitters out. He's not out there saying, oh, yeah, now it's going to be easy in every game. I'm going to throw a couple touchdown passes. I'm going to have 175 combined yards. I'm going to outrun corners to the sideline. I'm going to be able to play fake and find tight ends wide open at the goal line. He's not saying that. He's not saying that at all. All he said was in that moment, the game slowed down because he got more comfortable. And by the way, the game should slow down. He was playing against second and third string NFL players. He is a first there was a couple first and second round picks out there, though. Like, I'm not shitting on him for that. I'm just shitting on him for, like, when, he's, when he says these kind of things, I don't think he understands how that's just another target on his back now. And oh, you know my views. Oh, is. please. That is, but it's just like, dude, target you don't need from any who? more hype. Target from who? Dude, I am so ready to shit on Justin Fields now for the rest of his life for saying that after one preseason game, playing a half of a preseason game. I was just like... Who the fuck does this kid think he is? Oh, my. But. You're so taking it out of context. Justin Fields is a beautiful person <laughs> with speed and power, an arm that is as great as his hair. And <laughs> even if it doesn't happen this year, he will be doing things for the Bears over the next decade that no quarterback has ever done in the history of this franchise. Well, I hope he does it this year. I bet him. I don't know if you did, but I bet him on rookie of the year. So I'm I'm in on Justin Fields, but it was just one of those where it's like, man, of all the people getting the most hype, his hype right now is so insane. I think his odds like split in half for rookie of the year after that, which it should have. I mean, dude, he again, he looked great against that team. And again, people want to say it was second, third team guys, but it's like these are first and second round draft picks that were playing for Miami in that that second half. So I'm I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, but I, it's more one of these where it's just like, oh, God, this is such classic preseason stuff. Like what we talked about last week, Sam Bradford threw three touchdowns in the first quarter against Green Bay for the Eagles. All these Eagles fans are like, oh, we have our QB of the future, Sam Bradford. It's, it's just one of these things where it's like, OK, people, just take a step back. It's one of these things where it's just preseason, you know? Well, for me, uh, 
like Mac Jones arguably had a great game against, uh, I already forgot who they played the other day. Um, and I was, I was shitting, right. Washington football team. I was shitting on Mac Jones and trying to dunk on a 16 year old and tell him (laughs) how bad his quarterback of the future is. And that Mac Jones is number 10 because he's the 10th worst quarterback in the draft. And, um, 48 hours later, I am like irrational exuberance over Justin Fields. Um, So I totally get it. No, I'm happy for Bears fans. But but I've never, look, like I said, I'm 50 years old. I've never had this feeling about a Bears quarterback in the preseason ever. Yeah, you have. Jake Cutler. I felt, I remember when Jay came, I felt good about Jay. No, 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 no. When Jay first came? No, 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 no. I hate Jay Cutler. Even I, when he first came, I hated him when he was in Denver. Wow. I thought, I I thought there's no way a player like Jay Cutler ever wins because I do think as a quarterback, if you're super talented, you still kind of need to lead your team. They want to believe in you, and if you're not talented, you're a game manager. You need to recognize that and rally your team around you, and they have to feel like you're competent enough that you won't get in the way. Jay Cutler was an uber talent who was an uber asshole, and. <laughs> Like that was, that was the reputation when he was in Denver. I had so many stories about people hating him in Denver from the community. And then so many stories of people in Chicago hating him. Um, So I never felt good about, good about Jay Cutler. Yeah, that's true. And again, like we talked, I sent you the link to watch the NFL films on the Hey Rookie. Justin Fields is so likable, just such a cool dude. So relaxed. So Again, I, I, I hope I hope for the Bears fans, Chad, like you. I hope you guys are right. But it's just like this is my favorite time of year. It's just a never ending hype team. Every team, you know, going 18 and 17 and 0. Uh, it's just one of these really fun time of the year where people are just so hyped up. You mentioned we, we, we talked about the A that we're gonna do the AFC East today. Uh, for the foreseeable future, this will be a Chicago Bears podcast for the first 10 to 35, 45 minutes, whatever it takes. Then we will get to the main event. You can think of it like if you listen to this podcast and you don't want to hear me talk about the Chicago Bears, it can be like the Mark Marin podcast where I only I fast forward like the first 15 minutes to get through his spiel and then get to the interview. You can do that. AFC East. Fascinating division right now. The Bills, obviously everybody's favorite. Josh Allen, new massive deal. I mistakenly bet on them. The Patriots, a lot of people believing this is a bounce back year for them, regardless of what happens with Cam. The Dolphins, a team that really outperformed last year. And so the big question mark is Tua. And then the Jets, who are perpetually rebuilding and have a brand new quarterback in Zach Wilson. Breakdown. Before we even get to any of the odds, you know, or season win totals, division odds, conference odds, Super Bowl odds, breakdown for me, who do you think improved the most? Who had the best transactions? Like, whose talent got that much better in the offseason? That's so hard to say because everyone's going to – it's like, you know, it's a loaded question where, of course, I guess you could say the Patriots improved. They're getting all these guys back off the COVID list, and they spent all this money in the offseason. 
I don't really love any of the moves they made. Like they spent a ton of money on two tight ends, which was bizarre to me in the first place. And they've put a lot of draft capital now into a rookie quarterback, which, you know, I think Mac Jones is pretty solid, but he's coming from the number one team in college football to arguably a bottom five offense with the Patriots. They just don't have receivers. And I don't know, we, we, we can argue all we want, but their O-line is definitely going to be improved um, from last year as well. So if we're going just strictly off who improved the most off their team last year, it's definitely going to be the Patriots for this division. What's most interesting for me about Mac Jones, and this was the argument I was having with my 16-year-old friend, is to me the KPI that matters most when judging quarterbacks is how many games did they start in college and how many how did they perform in those games? To me, that's always been the best barometer. And in Trevor Lawrence, in Justin Fields, you've got incredible numbers to look at and a huge data set to look at. Mac Jones, not much. Trey Lance, not much. Zach Wilson, not much. And Mac Jones, not only that, he was doing it in a shortened season against teams that were weakened by COVID, playing with an offense that include two top 10 wide receivers. And so how can I possibly think, oh yeah, this guy really has it based on what I saw from college football? Yeah, and it definitely, well, Zach Wilson did play three seasons. Like what Chad's kind of saying is he had his first year, it was like 13 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Crap. It was like 15 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. And then he had Crap. this crazy year last year of over 30 touchdowns. So with one of the best offensive lines in football against playing nobody. Right. And so when I, when I like when I go with Mac, it's um, again, he didn't look terrible in the preseason game, but it was like, you know, it was five yards passes. He wasn't taking any real shots downfield. He tried to take shots, but he didn't complete any. And it's one of those where I, I again, we, we were going to talk about with this division. I just can't back the Patriots. I can't back Cam Newton because I've seen Cam can look great in preseason. He looked good right now when he's healthy. Well, we've seen it after he takes a couple of hits and his body breaks down a little bit by week five and six, Cam's just not going to be reliable. So for me, the Patriots, they've just been a cross-off team where I'm not even really factoring them into this division at all right now. Wow, that that is interesting. Not even thinking about them. All right, all right. Because people but, people want this to be like the the Patriots of yesteryear, where Tom Brady stepped in and took that team to a Super Bowl. That defense were full of Hall of Famers. The Patriots had incredible amount of talent on that defense. It's not the same defense this year. It's it's definitely it's one of these things where people just need to adjust how they think about the Patriots and the team they are. Like again, I think Belichick is a great coach. We can talk about the season win totals. I, I can see why people are taking the over but I just can't do it. I just look at the talent they have. And I think, man, they are just lacking so hard on offense. They can have the greatest running game in the world. That's not going to win them games in this day and age. We've just seen how the NFL has changed where you need a quarterback that can make those big throws. And I just don't think they have that right now. You know, what's interesting. Uh, the new England Patriots odds to win the Super Bowl or to win the AFC are 16 to one. They are a little bit lower than the Dolphins, and the Dolphins are about 16 and a half to one, but the Dolphins are plus 325 to win the division. The Patriots are plus 350. What does this mean? How do I, how do I analyze this? <laughs> it's just all about the, what money's been bet on what 
and it all depends on what sports we're looking at. That's why, like, we want to name their sports book. There's a sports book right now that you can get Tua to have the most interceptions at 10 to 1. But then you can go to a different sports book and it's 40 to 1 for Tua to get the most interceptions. So, again, it's all about what money's been bet where. And that's what's really moving the lines right now in these different things. But if you want, buddy, we can dive into this group because it's it's interesting. We're looking at the Bills right now. They're still minus 150 on FanDuel to win this division. And that really sticks out to me. I, I would love to bring on Matt Mitchell here. Does that not feel like the easiest bet to make in your life, them winning this division at uh, minus 150? The whole thing makes me want to puke my guts out. <laughs> but seriously, Matt, like you look at this team as a fan, is it all of a sudden uh, perfect timing for you? Because not only is it Buffalo minus 150 to uh, to win the AFC East, plus 550 to win the AFC. That's second after the Chiefs. And by the way, right now, right now, the Buffalo Bills are uh, plus 1,200 to win the Super Bowl, 12 to 1. The only teams ahead of them, Chiefs and the Bucks. What has been going on with the Buffalo Bills? Because that, that number's changed. Like, what is going on here, Simon? Man, it's, there's too many things to even process there. It's one of these where, again, I hate being that guy, Chad, but this is why you hired me. I have to be the person that just stops people's happiness, and I kind of hit them with the truth. And it's we've seen it time and time again. Um, it's one of my favorite things, too, about the NFL. So there's four teams, right, every year in the conference finals. And we've seen it. History just tells us every time of these four teams, one of them is not even going to make the playoffs. So, again, you can go through it, it, it maybe every now and then some year, all four teams do make it. But it's just it's just the way it works that one of these teams is going to fall out. So if I just give you the four teams, the Chiefs, the Bills, Tampa Bay and Green Bay, who feels the most likely to fall out? It feels like it's the Bills because. Yeah. They're an unproven team where everything went right last year. Josh Allen went from 40% completion percentage to above 60%. He went from, you know, the 24th, 25th ranked quarterback in the NFL to the top four in one season. He made that big of a jump. So my job here is to say, what is the most likely thing? And will history keep repeating itself? And I look at this team. There's so many parallels with them and the Eagles. The Eagles, the year they went to the Super Bowl with Carson Wentz, uh, they were the number one seed coming out. Carson Wentz had an incredible season, and we saw what happened the following year. The NFL kind of figured out Carson Wentz a little bit. They kind of figured out the Eagles' offense a little bit. The Eagles went 9-7 and seven because everything wasn't as nice and easy as it was the year before. And I think this is the same thing we're going to see with the Bills. The Bills kind of steamrolled their team, like their division last year. They had a couple of coin flip games. I remember that Rams game at home they should have lost. They ended up winning that one. It's one of these things where a lot of things went right for the Rams last year. I mean, the, the Bills. And I'm betting on things not to go right. And the fact that they're right now, they're the top three of the highest bet total on overs. Everyone's pounding this over. It opened up at 10 and a half. I've seen some books now at 11, but it's plus like 130, plus 140 to take the under. It's It's been high, it's been one of the biggest public bets so far this year, their win total. So I have this team right out 10.2 wins. I love the under here, especially when it's sitting at 11. I, I think the bills are... You know, I don't hate the value on them for the division because who are they going up against? Their quarterbacks in the division are Cam, Tua, and, you know, Zach Wilson. It's just one of these things where they might win this division by default. 
but it scares me that it's only minus 150. I don't get how this isn't a bigger line where I honestly thought this would be up to minus 200 by now just because of all the loves the Bills are getting. So I think people need to be weird. I think the sports book's telling us something here by leaving this line so low and taking so much money on the Bills here. They're saying, you know what? Either they believe in Miami or they believe in the Patriots. They, one of those two teams, the sports books are saying people are sleeping on these teams and they're, they're too heavy on the Bills where everything, once again, went right for the Bills last year. And it's just not going to be that way this upcoming season. I think they're telling you they believe in the Patriots because the Patriots Super Bowl odds are some are shorter by a, by a, by a smidge. Uh, I mean, the, the odds to win the AFC and the Super Bowl odds for Miami and New England are both 33 to one at FanDuel. They're exactly the same. So what I, I do think what you're seeing is people. This is Bill Belichickian hype to me. It's people thinking, OK, bad year, getting rid of Brady. Cam comes in, didn't have the training camp, got covid is still beloved by the team. Um, can he improve when they get some weapons back? Will Belichick be able to figure out a system that works better for them? I think that's I think that's what you're seeing. Yeah, I've, I've talked to plenty of professionals that they're in on the Patriots, but when I ask them what are they going to do week seven when Cam goes down and it's Mac Jones coming and they don't really have an answer, it's like, I'm with them. It, it feels like it should be the Patriots to be that team, but I, I've told you many times I'm, I'm so in on Miami just because on paper this defense, without a doubt to me, is a top five defense in this league. I think Miami's secondary is n- easily number one in the league. They have the best corners. They have really good safeties. I'm banking on Tua taking a step up here and it's just because of the value I'm getting played out. Like I think the value is good enough to take them at 40 to one or 35 to one in the, in the Super Bowl. where to me, this division it's, it's up for grabs. I know how people feel about the bills, but like I'm trying to explain to them what's more likely Josh Allen to get this huge contract and then throw for 60% again. No, it's not. We've just seen the NFL that choose and spit these guys out. Like I'm trying to explain to people Carson Wentz team got to a Super Bowl and one. He's on a different team. Jared Goff took his team to a Super Bowl. He's on a different team. It's one of these things where your boy Mitch Trubisky kept taking you guys to the playoffs. He's the backup now to Josh Allen. It's just one of those, just so much turnover. That's what I'm betting on. It's nothing against Josh Allen. I believe the hype. I think this guy's the real deal as a quarterback. But I just bet on there being regression because we've just seen it time and time again. There's just always regression in the NFL. What uh, Josh Allen got this big contract. If Matt Mitchell was able to speak, then maybe he wants to weigh in on this too. But it did feel very Jared Goffian to me. Big contract off of one season, a massive improvement from one season to the next. And is it setting the quarterback up to fail? Is it over investing in a guy and giving up too much of your team uh, based on that one season? These guys watch every single throw. They must feel like they're seeing something. But then again, they gave they gave it to Jared Goff and Sean McVay is supposed to be the smartest guy in football. Yeah, I think that's a it's an unfair comparison to compare Josh Allen to Jared Goff from a tools perspective alone. I think that's intellectually dishonest. But from, <laughs> but but from a like, does it make me anxious? No, I mean, I, as someone that survived, you know, the Billy Joe Hoberts and the Alex Van Pelts of the world quarterbacking this team for 900 years, I, I don't, it's not my money, but you don't pay for one season. We're paying for a trajectory. And from the quarterback that started in 2017, trying to jump over Vikings defenders and playing like a total idiot 
to the way he played last year, every year has shown an improvement. So I think it's it's not necessarily paying for one season of success. It's paying for a trajectory of improvement only in-house with the current people that are there. They're, they're paying him to take that next step without having to wait for him to take that step. Um, and, and ultimately, that's probably as good as it can get other than the Mahomes situation where he just led them to it, led them to the Super Bowl. I'm not mad about it. I don't feel like it's going to come blow up in our faces. And ultimately, I'd rather have him do it now than have it become a giant distraction in a future season, regardless of how it goes to save a couple million. I only am thinking about the fact that you just insulted me in a way that is meaner than anybody's insulted me in years. Yeah, I knew as, a, as an author of at least two books, I knew that calling you intellectually dishonest would be hitting you where it hurts. Also, our own Chris Raybon would be the first person to point out that all of the people catching footballs for Josh Allen in 2017, and I believe 2018 as well, are like essentially out of football and were out of football almost immediately, that he had without question the worst collection of pass receivers at the running back, wide receiver, and tight end position, like assembled in like league history. So I think also once they built around him, he improved. I don't think his improvement is all that surprising. Mike Kearns, who is one of the, the partners at the Churning Group, which founded the Action Network, he was the guy that recruited me from ESPN to uh, come help everybody launch the Action Network. Uh, his favorite saying and my favorite saying of his, whenever we were sitting down to review performance of action, let's be intellectually honest about what we're looking at which I love as a phrase, I love as a practice. It, it really just means put aside your personal feelings, only look at it based on the data that you're seeing, which is, you know, in theory going to be clean and impartial. And I feel like I try to exercise that and you just hurt my feelings. Best part about Mike Kearns, an extremely intellectually honest guy. No one would. It's beyond reproach. And that, beyond, you know. like, exactly. That's why... Like if he would make a suggestion, I feel like it would be hard to counter it unless I had better data than he had. Do we need, do we need to call him about Goff? We probably should call him about Josh <laughs> Allen and Jared Goff. There is no more person. There's no person better at delving into intellectual honesty than he is. And he will give us the right answer. Matt, I want you to uh, clip this segment. We're going to send it to him and he will weigh in and we will give the listeners the answer next week. You got it. And let the record show that I'm not saying he's going to be Jared Goff. I'm just letting people know that it's all good right now. Life is good for you guys with this quarterback, but it can change in the season. It's it's just been different. The league used to be where you had a quarterback and you just had him for 20 years. If he was good for one or two seasons, you just kept him. It doesn't matter if he sucks, keeps sucking. You just keep rolling him out there. Like, I don't know. Matthew Stafford really feels like he stands out where he's a guy that really did nothing but he always does something. It's one of these guys where it's like, well, what are you going to do? You have Matthew Stafford. Are you really going to get better? Are you going to get worse than him? It's just one of these guys where he's always in the middle level. So I think that, of course, he's a great quarterback, but we're, we're trying to bet a value-based job here. And that's my job is try to find value for each division. So I'm not, I do think Buffalo is going to win this division, but if I'm just playing the numbers and what's the most likely outcome and what has the highest percentage of happening, you know, Miami has the best value right now in this division. It's just one of these things where they're closer to 250 or 200. They are to 330, 350. So that's what I'm just trying to say to people is like, you're looking at these divisions. Of course, the Bills are a great team. But you have to think to yourself, okay, 
is the NFL going to figure out how to stop an offense with a whole offseason to do so? And these coin flip games that they won last year, you know, they again, after that Arizona game, they won seven straight games or eight straight games. How unlikely that is to happen again? It's pretty unlikely. It's just one of these things where NFL just has so much turnover year to year. These things don't happen like that. So that's what I'm banking on. I want people to understand, like, we love the Bills here. We're one of the biggest Bills. I mean, Matt Mitchell's playing the Bills music constantly. I love watching the Bills offense, too. But I just have to bet what the most likely thing is to happen. The most likely thing is he's going to regress and he's going to have a shitty year this year, Josh Allen. So that's why, like in fantasy football, we could talk that too. I'm staying away from Josh Allen. I'm still I'm still drafting Stephon Diggs. I still love that guy's upside. But with Josh Allen, I just think people are buying what happened last year. They're not really paying for what's going to happen this year. All right. Well, let me then let me let me try to summarize it because we're unloading a lot of valuable information here. I think from a Strictly from a Bills perspective, they have been bet up now 10 and a half, some places 11. You like them under. You don't mind the minus 150 to win the division, but because you feel like that's a little bit low compared to where it should be. Yeah, it's good value. But you like Miami at plus 325 better. So does that mean you've bet both Miami at plus 325 and Buffalo at minus 150? I, I did the Bills, but I did them with like, you know, uh, I cla- like I do these weird parlays. I like to do divisional parlays. So I might have done the Bills, Chiefs, and Green Bay, or the Bucks, the Bills, and the Chiefs. Like that, that kind of thing where I pair them up like that. I just don't do standstill bets with division just because, you know, if I'm going to have something tied up for six months, I'd rather have it plus 400, plus 500 in a three-team parlay than just bet them minus 150 straight up. So I definitely do it a little weird, but – it's, it's not that I'm scared to bet it more, but it's one of these where I've just seen it time and time again. There's just so much turnover. They could be the best team right now in August, and then come December, somehow the Bills are struggling to get to eight to nine wins. It's it's just football is so weird that way. Where When shit goes wrong for these teams, it goes totally wrong. So I haven't put too many eggs in this basket, but of all these divisions, these are one of these, like, you know, this feels like this division where it can go wrong quick and the Bills are going to run away with it by week eight. So that's why it's one of those where like, I feel comfortable having them in a couple of parlays. I truly have no idea how many bets you have on a going into the season <laughs> and then on a weekly basis. Like it, it, your volume of betting is astounding to me. And I, I have no doubt like on that parlay, those two parlays you mentioned, you probably put a thousand dollars down on both of them way more, but it's one of those two where uh, <laughs> like people are asking me about my unit size. I told them I'm only doing this unit shit. Cause you asked me to do that. I'm not a unit better. Like someone was like, well, I had like bets for the priests. And I said, I won six units. That's not true. I probably won like 11 or $12,000, but I don't know. Is a unit to me? 1000 is a 2000. I don't By know. By the way, I didn't, I've never asked you to do units. Well, you told me not to do cash because I told you I was just going to say, like, I bet 10K on this. I, like by the said, way, I have never said, don't tell me cash. Never. Fact. You did. Or maybe it was Scott. Maybe it was Run Scott. Run it back. Well, if it was Scott Miller, then he's an idiot. Well, I'm blaming one of you guys. Well, no, I think it was like he was saying he doesn't want people to be betting. Like, like if there's a game I bet 10 units on, am I really telling people to bet 10 units? I don't know how much 10 units is to them. So, like. That was us saying him, like, I'm going to try to do one or two or three unit kind of bets because, like, I don't know. I don't really know. I don't know. I don't understand the whole unit thing. and how. Let me be clear to you right now. Let me be clear to you right now. If you tell me you made a bet 
and I say, how much was the bet? Just tell me the fucking cash. Don't give me this unit bullshit. Now, Scott Miller, who I love to death uh, and is one of the members of our executive staff and oversees a lot of various elements of our product and our business uh, and used to work for me. That's how good I am at training people up. He came in working for me. And now, like, I got to listen to what he says about certain elements of the business, which is fucking bullshit. (laughs) I know why Scott Miller is saying that. I know exactly why I said it, because people who are in the app, like they bet on units and it's, it's better for them to be able to say, oh, Simon Hunter is a professional better. He bet three units on this. That's a lot. That means I should feel comfortable betting a lot of my units on this game for purposes of this podcast. I want to know the fucking cash number. Yeah, we can do that stuff. I would say week one. Um. I bet you by now on futures and week one bets, I probably have like six figures out there, but all this money is just rolled over from that Trey Lance deal on the draft. Like this is none of this is new money. So it's definitely one of those where say I took a hit on the draft and I lost a lot of money. It would be lower. I want to tell people how much I'm betting, but I also don't want people putting their whole life savings into these certain bets. You know what I mean? I get it. I get it. The volume you are betting out there and the size of the, the bets like it's not like you're just betting the five games we talk about every week and i want people to understand too that's how they should learn from how i bet where if i post in the action app i I feel really good about it that's not my only action for the weekend i might have a hundred other bets yeah of course but if i'm putting into the app that's what i feel the strongest about because i'm giving them those bets i'm just like everyone else i love action i'm always betting games there's a difference between betting ten dollars on a game and betting ten thousand that's what i'm trying to get people to learn here it's like you don't need to bet a big money every night. You can just bet a couple of money to win dinner for that night. Um, it's again, it's one of the things I'm trying to people to get learn here. It's don't force these bets. It's it, that's what the bookmaker wants you to do. All right, I want to spend a few minutes. Uh, I, I never bet anything less than $10,000 a game. And now a word from our friends at FanDuel. One of the things I love about betting on FanDuel Sportsbook is you get more than one shot to swing for the fences. Right now, new and existing users can get up to $25 back in site credit each day. Just place a minimum five-leg baseball parlay, and if it falls one leg short, you get up to $25 back with parlay insurance. I've been known to make a few baseball parlays during the summer. Gives me a chance for a big payout just to have a little fun on a summer afternoon, Looking at the odds tonight, I think I'm going to tail our Action Network experts Stucky and BJ Cunningham and take the Marlins at plus money versus Atlanta and take a flyer on the Baltimore Orioles at plus 210. Plus, FanDuel has same game parlays, which are always a fun option. There's a reason FanDuel Sportsbook is America's number one sportsbook. The app is simple. They've got great odds on all different betting markets, unique fun bet types, and always on promotions to let you get more action out of every game day. And when you win, FanDuel will pay you your winnings in as little as 24 hours. In addition to the parlay insurance, if you haven't tried FanDuel Sportsbook yet, new users can place your first bet risk-free. That's right. New users get up to $1,000 back in site credit If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up with the promo code FAVORITES to get in on the action. That's FanDuel Sportsbook, promo code FAVORITES. 
must be 21 or over and present in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only for risk-free bet. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund, $25 per game. Restrictions apply. See sportsbook.fanduel.com for details. Gaming problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and Virginia, or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. Let's get back to the show. I do want to spend a few minutes. So I know where you stand on Buffalo under the season win total, uh, parlay in the minus 150. Miami, you like plus 325 to win the division. You think that's the best value. You're not in on New England. What's their season win total? About nine? Yep. And you're under that? Under on the nine. And are you over on Miami? which is also at nine, I think. Oh yeah. Over on Miami. All right. So the only other team that I want to talk about, and then Super Bowl, like you like Miami at 33 to one is a good value play. Probably nothing else. in of those three teams, um, you just mentioned Zach Wilson, who I thought I, I I'm not a fan of, I think he'll be a bust. Uh, I think he's the biggest bust of that class. Um, uh, you mentioned the complete opposite from the preseason. What did you see that made you feel this way? You said some throws. Give me some examples. Yeah, because preseason, again, he could have thrown five picks, in my opinion, would still be what it is right now if he played the exact same he did where I'm looking for confidence and professional throws. And he had both where he's stepping into the pocket. He was making good reads. He was moving well in the pocket, too. Like Trey Lance, he was getting all the hype. Trey Lance moved like shit in the pocket. He made terrible reads for the 49ers. It's one of these where he looked like a guy who just took a whole season off Trey Lance. So that made sense why he played so bad. And what I was looking for Zach Wilson was, again, I'm there with you. Like coming in, I don't get the hype. He, I did not think he should have been drafted number two overall. But if this kid can move in the pocket like he moved in that preseason game, and if he can make smart reads and fit the ball into tight windows – this kid's going to be starting in this league. There's no doubt about it. So we'll see how he progresses through the years and how he's going to do this upcoming season. But this upcoming season, I'm going to be fading him because, again, he's an idiot. He's doing – he did a lot of really stupid shit too because he's a rookie quarterback. And, again, nothing against um, the Jets team, but Joe Douglas is building a team that was pretty much started at zero. They just had so many holes. So right now the only thing good about this team is their D-line. That's not winning them many games this upcoming season. So – I'm on their under win total as well. Um, I just, of all the rookies right now, I was way down on him the most. And coming after that game, I just, I feel better about what the Jets have in the future in the sense that at least they know that this kid can be a professional. Now, does he have the brains? I have no idea. I don't know how smart or how hard of a worker this kid, Zach Wilson is. And that's everything. Like You can be the most talented athlete in the world. If you don't put the work in, if you're not smart enough, you're never going to last in this league. And that that for for all the Jets fans, I would say that would be the biggest worry is this kid, you know, if he's success after first or second year, what the hell is his life going to be like? Because this is some kid coming from Utah to New York City. It, it does those little things like that make me worried about what Zach Wilson will turn into in the future. Uh, if we're being intellectually honest, it feels like part of your bias for Zach Wilson is because your expectations were so low. It's so low in the sense that I thought, like I just said, I thought he was going to look like Trey Lance did where he might have one or two good plays, but he was going to be five of 12 and just look like 
a rookie out there throwing against like, you know, starters where I can't get over how good he looked. I just can't believe that like this kid actually has legit talent to play this league. Cause I watch a lot of the film. Like I'm watching the, the, the jets practice where this kid's throwing terrible passes and getting picked off every other play. And it's like, Holy shit. They might've made a huge mistake here. Um, I think you're saying that just because I'm shitting on your Justin Fields thing. Where I love Justin Fields. I thought he did good. It's just one of those I try to make. I'm trying to find the middle ground of both these guys where it's like you're looking for how they progress and what their progresses are in the pocket. Like the thing you took away from Justin Fields, which made you feel so happy, was this guy doesn't need a good offensive line. He can move in the pocket and get outside the pocket where we know the Bears have a shit offensive line. Who do you want to start? Andy Dalton, who's a statue? Or Justin Fields, who can move and run in the pocket. So that's why, like, I get what the Bears are saying. Like, you guys much rather have Justin Fields start than Andy Dalton. No one's saying no to that. But when I look at Zach Wilson, I just think this kid's coming from, you know, just get just have so much smoke blown up his ass coming out of Utah that, like, I was going to think this kid was going to come in and just think he was hot shit. Where it sounds like he's an actual hardworking kid who's, like, putting his nose to the ground and actually doing the stuff you need to do to succeed. So... Again, I did have low expectations for him. You were right about that. But I would say I'm going to start raising them now because I've seen the potential that other people are seeing in Zach Wilson. Simon, there is no middle ground on this topic. There is the sky. There is the moon. That's it. That's it. When you are a top 15 quarterback, the expectations are you come in, you make this team better. You take them to the Super Bowl. You win MVPs. You go to the Hall of Fame. That's it. That's, that's my expectation. By the time I retire, I am going to finish my career in media in Canton at Justin Fields Hall of Fame ceremony. Okay, well, talk, taking Justin Fields out, we're sitting here right now in early August. Which one of these guys is Rosen? Which one of these guys is going to be a journeyman off a team in the next two to three years? If you had to put money on it, would it be Zach Wilson? Zach Wilson or Mac Jones? So, so I've actually switched where I'm on Trevor Lawrence now, which we're going to talk about during the season. Oh, I know. Yeah. Um, well, look, we haven't gotten there yet. We haven't gotten there yet. So I know. We're going to save that for when we do that division, but yeah. I, I, people are going to see I'm going to be one of the biggest haters on him. Um, because to me, he's just the more I've seen, the more I read, it feels like he's got a lot of bust potential right now. On when that run, especially with Urban Meyer, who I think is going to be in over his head once the season starts. Man, all right. Well, that is setting us up for a great AFC South podcast. Uh, Matt Mitchell, can I call an audible since we're since we're foreshadowing right now what we think about the AFC South? Right now we have uh, NFC South on the agenda for Thursday. Can I call an audible and make AFC South the team for thir- the conference, the division for Thursday? The reason AFC South was slated for next Thursday is it looks like we'll be joined by former AFC South player, Darius Butler, formerly of the Indianapolis Colts. Okay. Then you know what? I'm not going to change it. I'm yeah, not going to change you it. You can't now. I mean, damn, that, that, was, that was a flex by, the by way, Matt Mitchell. By the way, I'm intellectually honest about the process. <laughs> And I understand my place in it. And Matt Mitchell, who uh, launched the number one new football podcast in the country last week, Big Bets on Campus. Go check it out. 
with Colin Wilson and Stucky, and also our brand new employee at the Action Network, college football insider extraordinaire, Brett McMurphy, two-time Pulitzer nominee. Go check out that podcast. Go subscribe to that new channel. It's brilliant. It's amazing. Matt Mitchell put together the whole plan to roll that thing out. That's why I would ask him. I wouldn't just say, hey, we're going to switch it up because I knew he had a plan. Matt Mitchell. Incredibly intellectually honest of you. So for those reasons alone, we are going to stick with the NFC South beginning next Thursday. It's a good good week-long tease. That's what we're giving people now. That's right. Now we know. We got Darius Butler and we'll get Darius Butler and what he thinks of Trevor Lawrence and Simon thinking that he's a bust. This has been the favorites from the Volume Podcast Network. Download the podcast from Apple Podcasts, from Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you on Thursday for the NFC South Breakdown. Until next time. Love you. Love you.